Okay. Let go. Inside. Dissolve. As soft as it can become inside, that's, that's fine. Go to the softest place that you can feel inside. The most neutral. And even if the mind is saying, oh, I need to stop thinking. Oh God, I can't relax. It's like, shh. Just your mind can talk, put your attention someplace else. It's more a letting go, a softening, a loosening, a, a surrendering, a melting, than a doing. And from here, don't engage your emotions. It's not about feeling a certain way. Or it's not about that. Don't get mushy. We're looking for stillness. Depth. Kind of nothing going on. The mind is the only one who has trouble with that. When there's nothing going on, I'm going to bring in a story and I don't want your emotional, your emotional body to be cranked up by the words that I say. We're going to do an exercise with no emotional content. From as deep as you can get inside, let it be fine wherever you land. If it's just that your body is relaxed and your mind is going nuts, it's okay. Go into the part that's relaxed and see if it'll get even softer. From here, send that calmness and clarity without emotion to anybody who has been personally touched by these fires. No emotion. You're no good to them if you have emotional content. So that deepest level that you can access, direct that clarity out. Doesn't matter what it does, you're sending it to those who've been touched 
by far in these last few weeks. With no emotion. Maybe you're sending stillness, clarity. If there's no word for it, that's totally fine. It's, it's pure intention. It's the purity is what I'm after. Without drama, without emotion, just clarity. No empathy, sympathy, none of that. It's too dense, not interested. Maybe you know people. You can send it there, you can send it en masse. No emotion. Bring your attention back to the stillness within you. Let the world disappear a bit. Drop all story. Ball story. If a story arises, shh, and drop into that deeper place. It's 
useful to give your mind some kind of a pointer. Like you're melting, dissolving into the depth of the ocean. Just where you become nothing. Nothing. So see if you can stay there while you open your eyes because when you, most of you are your eyes closed and when your eyes are closed, not a lot of stimulation goes into your mind. When you open your eyes, a whole load of neurocircuitry cranks right up. So when you're ready, open your eyes but stay without story. So let your eyes be open without... Oh, I see. Oh, look at that. Oh, I don't like that. I do like that. Like, none of that stuff. Let your eyes be open, but nothing is being seen. There's no activity. No subject-object perception. Your eyes are available to, 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 to assist you should you need to function. Should you need to walk out of the room, you'll need to see where the door is. That's about it. But don't use it to generate story. Seeing can happen. Seeing is fine. Looking and having looking plus dialogue, whoa, that's a whole other ball game. That's hell. Just let seeing happen. Can there be the sensation? Can there be the sensation of the chair beneath you without what feels like this without all the descriptive adjectives? Can there be just sensation with no story? No, I like, dislike. None of that stuff. Just sensation happening. Can there be absolute stillness inside you? But yet, your perception of the world is what it was wired to do. Just enough for you to function, to complete tasks. What usually happens is that the senses are used by your thinking mind to create a sense of me. And then that becomes who you think you are. And off we go. Drama begins. So learning how to use your brain in such a way that you only activate the neurological circuits that have to do with tasks, with completing action. Don't make everything about you and how you feel or what's happening to you. Just your task-oriented network or task-positive network. It's the same neurological pathway that doesn't have a me in the middle of it. And everything can be assessed. Much clearer. Because you might see as the, as the big system sees, 
as, as pure consciousness, as the absolute seeds, that's what you're leaving room for, rather than how me, the person in me, sees. If you run that story, things are very different. Things are very different. So part of this is about learning how to use your brain in a, in a healthier way. Actually, a lot of it is about rewiring your brain. Is your emotional body active now? Your entire collection, I just mean emotional body, is like the entire collection of your emotional capacity. Is that active now? Is that feeding into your intellect? Is that giving you a story? Or is there just calmness and there's no emotion that's active? Or maybe there's a low-grade anxiety that's there all the time. Maybe there's a paranoia that's there all the time. Just do a little audit and see, okay, is it possible that I could kind of see the emotional body is doing its thing, but it's not front and central? Don't let it influence your take because the mind will use the emotions to make a story about me. That's my anxiety, my uncomfortableness. This, you know, dull ache that's of, ins- of not being satisfied that's there all the time. If you want that... To be front and central, it makes a big story about me. My life is then all about me. And that's hell. It's hell. There is no me. That has to be one that's in pain. Because that's what... That poor quality wiring that's just endemic in our culture. Actually, all over the world, really. If that wiring is activated and that's how you perceive everything through the me, myself, I, through either how am I doing here or my emotions tell me that this is... This is the sense of me. I know myself through my emotion that I'm feeling right now. All of that is bullshit. It's got nothing to do with who you are. It's using your brain correctly. That's really what it is. It's just believing your mind, you know? So without any of those stories, if that one the one that your thoughts create, you know? That one isn't real. It's not you, anyway. But it's just entertainment. That's what your mind does. So your mind, you know, it just loves to preserve because that's what it's trying to do. Everything that's born, everything that has life force, is trying to preserve itself, to stay alive. Every single thing. And if your mind has been believing that you are the personal me that calls yourself Mary, Joe, John, Jack, if you are that one, well, it's going to then try and preserve it. If you've believed that that's you, then it has to try and preserve it and keep it alive. You can wait till your body dies to kind of get a little glimpse to say, oh my God, I'm not my body at all after all. Body's dead and there's something that continues. You, you can wait till death, but... Goodness me, you know, you'll attract another body then really quickly. So, mm. there's another option. 
recognize that your mind is going to preserve and protect who it thinks you are. That's its job. So if you see what it's trying to do, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm at the autumn of my life or the winter of my life of who I think I am. So we just have to tell it, it's okay. You can start to let go. It's okay. There's no need for a controller here. Not following that directive now. Not going to defend myself here. Not going to fly off the handle here. Nope. Emptiness is just fine. Instead of me protecting who I think I am. Getting the last word in or being caught up in my emotions or being a drama queen or whatever is your version of making sure that me, myself, I stays active and alive and getting it right or whatever is your gig, you know. It's all about self-preservation, really. That's what it's trying to do. But if you've seen that you're not who you think you are, and if you're here, you probably have had some good cracks where you see, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm not who I think I am at all. Well, why, why, why did you go back believing it? Like, what is it that makes you go back believing it? Why do you pick it up again? It's worth figuring out. What's the drug there, you know? What's the addiction? What is it? What do you love about your own story? Okay, there's self-preservation in there. Sure, your biology is going to try doing that. But what else? What else are you sticky with, you know? What else do you stick on to? Where's the attachment? What are you invested in? Without story, what would that be like? Really, what would that be like? It's kind of blank. It's kind of empty. So mind the me, myself, I aspect of your mind, the self-referencing part. We go, oh, but that's boring. And I love to experience and I love. And it's like, well, then stop your spiritual practice and go out and experience as much as you want. Go and do it until you discover this isn't good enough. This is not good enough because it's not good enough. It really isn't, because there's some kind of a lie in there, you know? There's a huge compromise, you know, for you to, like, be hypnotized by your own mind. Making sense? Okay. So we're going to spend the day doing two things. Let me help you figure out what has you stuck. And asking you to open, open, open so that you drop into the, the truth, capital T, truth. So it's like, okay, dropping into the truth. But are you leaving the ego out there so that you can pick it up at four o'clock? Like, no, no, that's bullshit. That's just like, People who go into church on Sunday and the rest of the week they, they, they do the opposite of what they do on Sundays. It's like, uh-huh. So let's have a bit of integrity and see. All right. All right. If I'm here to wake up and to remember who I really am, 
What is it that makes me go back into imagining my own story again? What is it? Figure it out. I'll help you. But you've got to meet me halfway. One interesting thing, I mean, there's loads of so many tools that, that we can use. And one is like, when you drop into the stillness, what's the thought that takes you out of it? What's the thought that you believe? It's boring. It is a potent one. It's like the mind says, oh, give me, give me something, give me something. I'm, I'm looking for stimulation now. Give me a story. I'm active, inactive for a while. Don't like that. It's like, okay, so it's boring. All right. So if you believe it's boring, it will be boring. Whatever thought you believe, okay, that's your experience now. That's how it works. You believe it into your experience. So it's boring. It's like, okay, mind, I hear you. It's like, darn, it is boring. I must be believing the thought because it is boring. That's because you believe the thought. It's not boring. It's not boring. It's beyond entertainment and boring. It's beyond. It's outside of the two. Something and its opposite. Figure that out. You drop into the stillness. What thought do you believe that makes you crank up your story again? And don't see through it any. Don't don't believe it anymore. See through it and say, Ah, I gotcha. That's the one I fall for. I gotcha. Or if it's something to do with your kids, that's another classic. It can get you back into believing you're a person, usually. Or is there an idea? Well, that's fine. I'm going to the stillness, but I have to go to work. I have to do things in the world. It's like, really? You think you need your ego to do things in the world? Really? There is one exception to that. If you can't use the task part of your brain without linking it to the me part of your brain, all right, you've got a bit of work to do. Some people can't do that. That every task, the, the, the neurological pathway that has to do with actions, from driving the car to making a phone call to having a business meeting to making your bed, whatever it is, the task oriented network if you can't use that without cranking up the me the self make it about me this has to do with me how I make the bed is a reflection on me what I do at work is about me you see if you make those tasks about you you have set up a neurological pathway between the part of you that can complete tasks and the personal I ego Some people have that wiring and there's a bit of work to do there because you have to do a little bit of severing, wire clippers time. How to do a task and not make it about me. You have to learn how to do it to create new neurological pathway. Imagine that you've had a stroke and you're doing exercises again. You're making the bed again, but you're doing it in a different way. So you've got to push through new neurology. 
That happens. But in order to do that, to create new neurology, you're going to have to figure out, can I do tasks that are not about me in my head? You see? You have to figure that out yourself. Is everything I do about me so that I'll be accepted, I'll be loved, I'll be approved of, I'll approve of myself, I'll feel in control? Do you have that sort of stuff attached to your normal tasks? If you do, you have to change that. You have to change that. That will stop you from waking up. That will. Because your brain isn't able to complete tasks without it being an ego-building exercise at the same time. That's really important. People who don't have that division, and they do wake up, they're not able to take care of themselves for some time after awakening. Ramana Maharshi had a few years of it. I had a bit of it. So it's like, oh, Muji had it. Eckhart Tolle had it. Like, there's a lot. And that's, we know now what the, what the cause of that is. So for integration to happen as you go, so that awakening means, you know, your life continues as normal, then you've got to make the distinction between your daily tasks and the sense of me, myself, I. You've got to cut the two so the tasks can continue when the self-referencing network burns out. That's very important. Because we all don't have people to take care of us if we fall apart. But there's no need to fall apart at all. So the closest three relationships, whether it's your dog, a child, a lover, it doesn't matter. The three closest relationships. Are you in them to be accepted, to be loved? How much of me, myself, I is in those three closest relationships? Are we looking for approval? What are we looking for? Is my self-referencing network alive in those three relationships that are important to me? Or am I autonomous? There will be no attachment. There will be freedom for the other person to be who they need to be. What games are you playing in those three relationships? How much of your ego is is activated by those relationships? That's an example of, whoa, I have me, myself, I in there, and my emotions are on top of it. Because anything at all that your mind can use for ammunition to strengthen the self, the me, myself, I, anything it will use, it's going to grab. And it will use emotions very sneakily. It'll grab your emotions. So with relationships, there's always some emotion involved. And so the ego says, whoa, 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 we can play with emotions here to protect and preserve my emotions as well as me. So now it's got bells and whistles on. 
Now there's more to lose, you see, because we can get hurt. Making sense? Anybody totally lost? Yay! All right. So there's work to do. Oh, it's already happened. I'm already awake. It's like, really? Really? There is work to do. There is work to do. There is. Anything else is just avoidance and bullshit, and it leads to a very shallow awakening. Neck up. And that's not sustainable, you know? And it leads to bad practice. I'm all for like thorough, go the whole hog, take a sword to your ego, do the work, have integrity, be honest, go all the way. Roll your sleeves up, sleeves up and get in there. And it's a blend between figuring out what your mind is using to keep me, myself, I in place. And when I fall through the crack and there is no me, or there's stillness and there's an abyss and I don't know what's there, either is fine. (laughs) In that place of just knowing, but you don't know what you know. Why do you leave it? Stay there. Stay there. Let your day happen from there. Let life happen from there. Why do you leave it? What is it that's like, I'm going to trade truth for hypnosis. Like, really? Why would you cry? Why? Okay, I know the why. The why is the mind is going to try and protect what it believes is alive, which is the story of me, myself, I. It's trying to protect that neurological circuit of self-referencing, making everything about me. It's trying to protect that. Really? You're, you're going to buy that? You're going to buy that? And go into hypnosis again and leave truth. Really? You sure? What makes you do that? What makes you fall under that spell? Big sigh. <laughs> well, the mind kicks in questions. And, yeah. Yes. Yes. All right, let's see what we can answer. Floor is open. Are you saying you won't have likes or dislikes? Uh, they won't bother you if they're not satisfied. They can still have preferences. That's right. So there'll be preferences, but it's not going to bother you. You, you won't have an emotional reaction. There's the trigger. You won't have an emotional reaction. Whereas if your ego is involved in it, it's stickier. It's a bit, yeah, there's a hook. Then it's kind of gone from a preference to a desire. We want the outcome to be a certain way. And the desire will always use your emotion to be pissed off or annoyed or disappointed. or It's going to have some emotion if you don't get it. So without all of that circuitry, it's like, okay, there's a preference. Oh, well, it didn't work that way. Okay. Your emotions don't get hooked in. It's a good way of seeing the difference between, emo- between uh, uh, preference and desire. There isn't an emotional reaction. Sure, yeah. I prefer green tea to black tea, you know? But if there's no green tea there, oh, well, I'll drink hot water probably, you know? You know? Like, 
So I don't know how to frame this, but so let's say here we are, for some of us living in in a country where we're watching things that from a mind perspective looks like it's putting us on the brink of some real insanity. Mm. If we have no emotion, then what motivates taking up the task of I'm working to change this? Yes. Yes. That's a nice ring. Thanks. <laughs> just, just, there we go. All right. Okay. So if somebody is awake, then it would follow through that they're very passive or they don't engage in anything at all. Wouldn't it? If they didn't have that emotional motivation to make change happen, then awake people wouldn't kind of care or wouldn't... Well, but, but it seems to me when I, when I look at it, to care is to have a feeling, which is an emotion. So I'm trying to understand where the distinction is. Right. So when you're outside of story, that which moves through you is what you really are. That's the thing that's just perceiving, sensing, without making story. That engages in the world, whether it's driving the car, making the bed, being in a relationship, whatever. That will make you... No, it will... You will be aligned with whatever that is moving towards. If pure consciousness or the absolute wants to be politically engaged in something for change, there will be no preference, it should be this way, but pure consciousness will use your brain, your faculties, your contacts, your life. You become one. It's like pure consciousness moves through your form. It's infinitely more potent than me because I believe that that's a jerk and dangerous and I need to do something to stop it. All right, so now this is me kicking and screaming as an individual. Whereas me as the absolute, if I am moved to engage, nothing will stop it. Yeah, I, I, I think that the way I experience what you're talking about, I, I describe as there's a magnetism. Yes. I, I have to do this. Yes, yes. And then there's also reverse magnetism where you can just feel... Yes, I've got to back off here. I've got to stop. Okay. Yes, that's it. That's it. An immature mind will read that there's a, there, there's a magnetism here. To, the pull. I call it a pull. Is it like there's a pull to do this? An immature mind can imagine that their conditioning is creating a pull. Right? How you know a pull is that your mind doesn't understand what's happening. Your mind picks it up later. Right, exactly. There you go. Right. That's, that's, that's the absolute moving through the form. That's what you really are living through you. That's freedom. And your mind is like, what am I doing here? What's going on here? Because the mind is really slow. So then your mind is bowing down to that which is moving through you. Do you see? Now we've got things in sync. Not the mind saying, I can do better than the absolute. Let me, let me fix everything here because that's all wrong and I'm right. Okay, we can do it that way. It's about as potent as a fly. 
Really, it is. It's really impotent. Whereas that pull, and you know, like, I can't do anything about this. Or if you do stop it, things go belly up, you know? If you do, and then after a while, you're like, I can't, actually, I can't. I have to honor this. You know, it's like, yes. Let it be like that 24 hours a day. So that there's only that pull. Then the mind is always playing catch up. That's its role. It's serving. Your mind is bowing down instead of being the one imagining it's in the driving seat of the car. It's actually like, oh, I I just have to make sure that I see the traffic lights and I just have to, you know, be the one who physically moves around the place and make things happen in this dualistic place, but directed by the truth of your being. That's how it works when you've no agenda, no personal agenda. But change still happens and it's much more potent. If anybody wants to dig into something, come up here. Yes, Kai. I've been working with you for a long time. And... You know, I have the desire for truth, and then I feel like I have this two-year-old that just says, I want to do it my way. So, is this just going to... Okay, so, you know, I think this is going to burn out eventually, but it almost feels like I need to um, be a parent to it and just just have a discipline. And and like mind over matter, like, like just... Make a choice, like you know, I'm going to meditate an hour a day, and and it's just not not negotiable. You can try it that way. Mm-hmm. As long as the two-year-old is in charge, the rebel, the two-year-old who's like, uh, uh, uh. as long as that gets its way, does it work? Does it work for the two-year-old? How long is the satisfaction for the two-year-old? Yeah, it works for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah, feels satisfied or it won. It won. It got its way. Yeah. Yeah. So that two-year-old who needed to get its way, that's worth unpacking. Somewhere when you were two, something was interpreted by you that I have no say here. I have no rights. I have no say. I'm going to try and make myself visible here in some way, some way so that I can be seen. Going back to the original scenario of being two, that's how we heal it. That's the most direct way to heal it. You know? The adult can go in and hold the two-year-old. I see you. I see you. You are seen. I see you. And holding the two-year-old in love 
can help to, you know, it's like, it's like, it's okay now, it's okay now. You do have rights. You do have total freedom. You, you do have, you don't have to push through in order to make yourself visible anymore. If the two-year-old knows that, because you're, you can change a memory. So in doing that exercise, you're going in and chemically changing a memory so that the two-year-old softens and says, oh, I don't have to stamp my foot so much and be a rebel. Oh, okay. Oh, whew, what a relief. So we need to put that energy into the two-year-old so that she recognizes it for herself. You see? And when she does so, she will no longer waste her energy in fighting for something. You see? But what's really great is that you recognized the age of her. You recognized, like, there we are. There's the rebel, you know? Because I know we talked about this before when it was like a teenager, and it's like, okay, now, now you're right down to two-year-old. Maybe that was the first time, and maybe it was before that. Let's see. But if you're at the age of two, you can see the two-year-old, then you've got to change the original pattern You see? And tell her that she's seen. She is seen. Because you're seeing her. You're seeing her. Because right now, the only way that she's seen is by getting her own way. So she's happy for a couple of hours after she gets her own way. Oh my God. I have some bit of power here. I have some bit of something. So she's, she's struggling, you know? That's her only way of coming up. I'm really glad you're onto the rebel. I'm really glad. Yeah. So you've got to work with that little one. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I raised my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Your hand got raised, huh? It's good, I don't even know what I want to say. That's perfect. Good for you. Yes, life gets lived like that. And yeah. somehow it's fine. It's been, since I was born, it's been like that. Great. Since back in low town in Croatia, you know. Yeah. Time. So, oh, here I am. I'm stuck. But um, now when you're saying all those things and stuff, my story, my stories are getting bigger and bigger. It's all about me. Uh-huh. My control. And I'm afraid to wake up, I think. What is going to become of all my people I have to take care of and all the things that I thought nobody else could do but me. Mm. And, I mean, I, I was exposed to mold um, over the winter and stuff, so I have these markons and stuff, so my mind is kind of blurry anyway. Yeah. But, but it's just, my mind just makes up stories and stories, but my kids can live with that. If I wake up, you know, I, I have to take care of everybody. One is having a baby, I have to move there, and one just finished, you know, and my mother back there in the houses and all that. Who, who I can't, you know, give, afford the luxury or something of, you know, just as they come a little closer, these, these stories just keep keep coming and coming and coming and, and that's where I'm just stuck. It keeps repeating and repeating and and and, um, and I I just then get even more scared and I says I don't want to wake up. Just like when I was little, born Catholic, like in Ireland, they scare you to death. I was born in communist country, so I went to school and church 
they told me about evolution, then they told me about Adam and Eve and stuff, and I couldn't believe anybody. It was like a torture. Yes. And, and it was just crazy. And then I thought, none of these people are right. You know, I, I just don't believe anybody. And then I didn't want to go to heaven. That scared me too, just like awakening does now, because I thought, who would want to sit in heaven, in the beautiful garden, and listen to the flute and angels for eternity? So that scared me. <laughs> so um, that's it. You know, I've been all over the place. I take care of everybody, and I think I'm the only one that can. Mm. How do I get out of that? So let's say you got an aneurysm tomorrow and you die. Yeah, what would happen your mother that the too. houses and the kids? I, and I, th- I thought about it. I thought mm. then they're going to be okay because I'm dead. But they'll be okay anyway. Yeah, I know. See, that's, that's the stories I, I tell myself. Then if I'm dead, you know, they're going to be okay. They're going to have to figure it out for themselves. But that, if I'm alive, I have to take care of them. Why? I don't know. Mm, you do know. Yeah. What do you get out of it? I guess I get out of it. Um, acceptance, like you said. Okay. And, and I'm the only one that can do it. It's ego thing there, right? I don't know. What? You probably have created that scenario yourself. Right. I know I did. You've because excluded. I've been doing it since I was born. Yeah. And it, yeah. You've excluded everybody since, else, you know? Exactly. So since my, my, made yourself indispensable. Yeah, my father died when I was five months old. I lived with a widow mom and grandma. And I was the only one that could make him happy. Yeah. And since then, yeah. I've been doing it my whole life, making yes. somebody happy. Yes. And I know that, but but that doesn't help me anything. With, you know, I mean. Are you paying back a debt? Like, you know, is is your contract? It wasn't I have to my make fault others. that my father died. So, or my little brother died in my arms too. You know, my mom got remarried again and had a little boy, and he died in my arms. Too, but he was going to die. It wasn't my fault, I think. Okay. So, Do you um, have some but I kept making it up to people around me, mm-hmm. making them happy, and and ever since, you know, I just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. You're paying a high price, aren't you? Yes. You're keeping everybody else stuck, and you're keeping you stuck. Um, everybody else stuck? Of course. Oh. Okay. Of course. I didn't think it that way. Mm-hmm. Then. If the motivation inside you to help others is no longer working for you, and it's not, you know, it's 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 uh, it's, it's not a, working for me. Anymore. It's not working for you anymore. But they still need me. They don't. Or they don't. They don't. You've created that. If it's not working for you, you can be sure it's not working for them. It. Okay. So when, when, when we're motivated to do something, right, to help others or something, and it's the ego, you know, and it's like there, there's an opportunity for me to be kind there and I'm going to be kind there. Okay. Okay, so a scenario is set up whereby the recipient of our kindness and our kindness meet, right? And that works. When one person is growing out of that, the other person is also ready to shift. You're growing out of it, but you're continuing to, to, to fit into that old model, even though it's killing you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're keeping them stuck. You're yeah. keeping them in the same place. Because if I dependent go on help you, my nephews with their driver's license, with their cars, then they won't need to go by themselves. Yes. Them, right? And maybe they need to have those skills. Maybe they need to stand on their own two feet. 
If, if it's not working for you, you are poisoning those that you are helping. You're poisoning because you're working dishonestly with yourself. You're out of integrity with your own path. Your ego is motivating what you're doing. Put those three together and it's poison. Everything you do is poisonous. Hmm. After you're dead, they'll be like, thanks be to God, she's gone. <laughs> I'm telling you, they'll be like, look at all this freedom. And I was just like... Is my like, mom going to do that too? I still have to take care of her because she needs money every month. All the time. She needs to pay her bills. You were all tied up in something that's absolutely ne- you need. You, you, yeah. Your mind has set it up in a scenario where you need okay. to be yep. indispensable. Right. Yeah. And then I believe that that's my, of course. that's my story. Of course. And I think they cannot do without me. Yes. Hmm. What would your mother do if you died tomorrow? Well, she's going to die soon anyway. She's old. Um, I don't know. The village? I don't know. There is nobody else that could help. Really? No, because I, I can't have... believe that an older Croatian woman reared... You know, in that environment, no, that she, she has. She survive. lives on a little farm, but we also. She also has a daughter, my stepsister, that's married to a alcoholic, and she needs help. So I have to help her because they are barely living themselves, and that's whose kids I help, boys, that they when they needed something, and you know, and that's how they get jobs. After I gave them the driver, you have to pay driver's license in in Europe, you know, so then they could find jobs. Otherwise, they couldn't even afford that. So. I don't know. Look at the heroine of these yeah. stories. I don't know. Wow. But that's my life. That's been my life the whole yes. time. Yes. Yeah, and they all know where to, who to call. Instead of getting up off their box yeah. and making it happen themselves. Yeah. Eastern Europeans, I've never met one who doesn't know how to survive. <laughs> like, really survive. Yeah, but my mom's old already. Ads. You know, I mean, she's almost 90 years old. And okay. She can still make her grappa in wine, though. Ah. So she could sell that. She could survive. You know, of course she could. Her. Of course she could. But if I can help, um, why shouldn't I? Why don't you or, help yourself? Yeah, okay. You're right. Why don't you help yourself and set everybody free? Okay. Just let them free. You only need a lot of courage. A lot of courage. A couple of times I did it and it felt good actually. I bet it did, of course it did. It's toxic. It, what you're doing yeah, is toxic. To, especially to the boys, you know, I did it. And they somehow got it somewhere of else. Of course or, they or did. they didn't do it, they switched to something of else. Of course they do. They're sitting on their ass because they know who to call. You know? It's, give them the gift of having control over their own lives, huh? Yeah. Hmm. What about my own kids? My daughter is going to have a baby. She wants me to take care of it. You love the fact that she wants you to take care of her, doesn't, don't because you? Because I love taking kids, care of little kids. <laughs> Especially when they're my grandkids. So that would be okay. If we're would it? Would it? But you, see, you see, you're going to bring... If, unless there's a total cut with that kind of helping... Mm-hmm. Unless there's a total cut, you're going to, your mind is going to play games with that. Okay, I'll stop supporting the Croatian wing. Um, okay, my daughter and her kids. Okay, I, I can just do that. Let's reduce it to that. And then all of that toxicity will be with your daughter and your new grandchild. That's, that's what you're going to do. 
With somebody like you, the way your mind is, there's no way you can do 5% of it. It's no. a total cut. It's, it's 100% or nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 100%. And then, yeah. how do I get out of it? I'd like to see three years of you helping nobody. What? Three years. <laughs> three years I of you, you helping nobody. Three days. Three years. But sometimes it feels good and everything goes fine and stuff. And then all of a sudden everybody needs me and then That's I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Candy-coated poison. Poison. It's poison. I could, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't want to see that. Yes, you don't want to see I that. I don't want to see that. So I go three years now without... You go three years. It's going to take you that long to break the habit. And you will be wriggling with the feeling of like, I'm a bad person. What do they think of me? I'm, I'm useless. I'm not contributing. I, can't, I feel guilty. You're really wriggling with all these layers and layers of feelings that are underneath. I'm that you're already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have to process these feelings because all of these beliefs are motivating you to be the one who holds them all up. Did it start from my childhood? Did it start from when I was a baby? Or sure. Baby? Sure. It just, it was your because, role in the world. It's because like, oh. I, I remember my mom and my grandma, they, everybody died in a war or got yeah. shot in the war, never came home. And then my father goes to a doctor and gets poisoned yeah. and dies. And then that's all I am, their only hope. And I can, I can, I wasn't even walking yet. I remember them towering over me, all in that black stuff that they wore in Europe, you know. Yes, yes. And, and that's it. And, and you were the light that was going to change everything. Yeah. Maybe that contract is all over. Yeah, it is over, but not in it's my It's totally yeah. over. It's <laughs> totally over. It's rotting. I kind of didn't down knew that, but I I don't, nobody told me, and I, I mean, I, I didn't have anybody sitting in front to, of me to tell yeah, me. To tell I, the, yeah, I so you that, know, but whatever I'm going to tell anybody here today, you know it. I, mean, I know it. I you know, know it. Some place is going to go like, shit. <sighs> it already you know? feels a little better. <laughs> it already feels better. Yeah, it does, you <laughs> say. It does. Just throw it all off. Throw it all off. And lo and behold, in an hour's time, there might be guilt that has you doubled over. And it's like, I see you. This is another layer that I've been running from. Let this layer come up because the layers and layers and layers and layers that have kept this in place for all that length of time yeah, will have to be off that, off that, off that. You need three years. Three years. You do. You need three years. Okay. Yeah. You do. Of, of absolutely, I don't do anything to help anybody. And I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> oh. It's not going to be that easy. No, it's not. <laughs> no, you'll be wriggling, wriggling with a bad feeling. Yeah. You, yeah, but it's like I no, this has to come up. This is what I'm not. This is what I'm not. This is the dysfunction. That's yeah, the old know. contract. Of I being was managing it all the time, but sometimes it will really knock me down, and I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And we just kind of get up yeah, again yeah. and do the same thing again. And yeah. And over and over and over. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Can you give yourself the gift of letting go of... Being everybody's... Being the heroine. Yeah. Being heroine. I thought that's a drug. Heroine. Uh, so hero. Oh, okay. A female version of the hero. I don't know. Hero. I heard about heroin drugs. Yes. <laughs> so for you, for you it's the same, huh? Yeah. It's a drug. It's it a toxic a drug. drug. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. So it's yeah. both meanings and what, parallel. That's what carried me all these years too. You know, yes. I could do it and I struggled to make sure that I can do it and I do it. But it, it gave you a goal and it gave you a return yeah. and it gave yeah. you a yeah. purpose yeah. Yeah. and yeah. look at all this ego yeah. stuff. Beautiful because material. Nobody can come up with it. I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. Yes. And it felt good for a while. The savior, But it of doesn't course. feel good anymore. Yeah, your ego can't use it anymore because it's now toxic. Yeah. It's creating toxicity rather than a feel-good feeling. You know? Ooh, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like in the last example, you know, Connie's two-year-old. It gave her a feel-good feeling for two hours. Yeah. But actually, the toxicity is greater than the feel-good feeling. And when that starts happening, it's like, okay, now the pattern is ready to go. Got it. Can you do it? <laughs> okay. Yes, I can. Yes, okay. I can. Yes, you I've can. done everything so far that I, yes. I had to do stuff. Yes. And will you so do it? I will do it. Well, good for you, girl. Yes, I will. That's wonderful. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll tell Debbie so she can tell you. All right. How I'm doing. Yes. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. Three years. Three years. It's going to take three years by the time you're out of the game. It will take you that long by the time you're out and it's clear like all the layers. Oh, you have to just stop. You have to just stop. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise, you haven't changed anything. You're just negotiating. I'm just conning everybody. And your mind Negotiating what I always do. Of course. There would be disastrous situations. You'd be like, but this is a serious exception. Yeah. I mean, if I was there, yeah. if this had I happened was doing I was that talking to Jack, I, she would know yeah. that I have to. I have to rise to this one. <laughs> you know, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. You know? Yeah, I know. It's all bullshit. I really tried that. I tried kind of cutting myself and yeah. I did exactly that. Good. All right. <laughs> okay. There we go. Thank you. Yes. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there's the value system of who she thinks she is. Huh? Who she thinks she is. And all the, the roles, the identity, everything. The place in the world, the pla- like the savior. Like look, look, look at how reinforced the ego has made the story. You know? There's no way around that one. It's got too many legs in her value system, her role, her purpose. It's too infiltrated into everything. The whole thing has to go. The whole thing has to go. There's no playing with that one. It's, it's too uh, endemic, sneaky, you know? Yeah, it's, it's an all or nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Please come. Let the body come up. Let the body come up. Let the emotions, I see you emotions, but, you know, separate from your emotional body. Yeah. Just walking is happening. Separate from your emotional body. Emotions have their place, but the ego hijacks them. So we, we, we need to clean up that bit. And then later in the day we can talk about, you know, the beautiful side of emotions and where, when they're rightly used, what goes on, you know? Hi. Hi. Loneliness, fear. I think my biggest thing is um, feeling disconnected and feeling not a part of things, missing out on things, and just being alone. I think... Those are the big things in my life that I get stuck in and that pulls me back into... And I, I, as I was sitting there, I feel like, okay, she's going to tell me to just 
three years disconnect. <laughs> three years of being on my own. And um, that terrifies me. That, that, that's terrifying. What's so scary about being on your own? Do you mean on your own, like, not in a, a sexual relationship? Is it, is it without a partner? Or on your own, in what context? Um, no, I... Just being in that... I guess in that sense of being a part... You know, when the opposite of being part of pure consciousness and that story that I tell myself that... I am physically, mentally, emotionally, all by myself. Ah. And, you know, it's that existential feeling. Right, right. Because, you know, we grow up and we have this vision of, you know, you're going you're gonna to die and, or you're going you're gonna to have this life and it's going to be a beautiful life and you grow up thinking that's going to be a certain way and, and then you get to you know, where you want to be, and then all of a sudden it, it's not happening like that, you know, and things are just falling away, and it's not, you're not living in the world that you thought you would be living or the life that you thought you would live, and then, and then, you know, there's a part of me that's like, yes, we are part pure consciousness, and we are all one, and we are all being, but then there's a story that tells me, no, you're just this, or you're just that. You're you're this person, and you're sad, and and it's kind of, and I and I recognize it, you know, and I can I can feel its pull, and I and I want to say I don't believe it, but there are many times where I do, and I fall back, and when I come to things like this, and when I meditate, and I'm in nature, I can pull myself out, but there's always that grab, you know, that feeling of you're all by yourself, you're all alone, you're all alone in this whole world, and there's so many things out there that, that you're not a part of, and, you know, that's, that's the pull, it's like, well, how do I get to be part of that, how do I immerse myself in, in the being of everything, and there's the physical way to, you know, to try and, you know, the story way. And then there's the spiritual way, you know. And I, I just get caught between this, what do I want? What do I need? I know what I want. I don't, I don't, I know I don't really need anything. I know I really don't have to have anything. But then, once again, the ego kind of takes control and says, oh, but you're wrong, <laughs> you know, you do need this, you do need that, and they're all right here, right for you, you just have to work really hard at it, so that's, it's just all that. <laughs> okay, okay, when, when your mind has set up like a, a piece of software that says, I'm all alone, I'm disconnected, I'm not part of something, I, this isn't what I what I signed up for, what I thought I was buying into. Giving the opposite of it isn't going to work. If it motivates you to, 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 to feel connected, to feel the absence of loneliness, if you're going to flip over there, it's only a matter of time before you flip back to that again. The connection that you're looking for isn't a phenomenal being part of stuff out there. That's not deep enough. That distracts you from feeling disconnected. 
But actually, it doesn't go in as deep as the feeling of being disconnected does. Feeling disconnected for you goes much deeper than the experience of feeling connected, like in nature. Right? Yeah? It's just, okay. All right. Curing it by giving it the opposite isn't going to work. The thing is, that experience is an overlay on top of the connection that no matter how hard you try, you can't make it go away. You can't make it disconnect. The connection you're looking for is underneath the disconnection you're experiencing. So to balance it out with the opposite is just moving the furniture around. You're just buying time before you go back to your MO again. Because in balancing out and in feeling the connection with like, okay, I feel part of this, this feels great. Whew, I got a break from that for a while. When you're doing that, all you're doing is going on a vacation. That's all you're doing. The connection you're looking for is underneath it. So while you're playing that game of disconnected and connected, you're not touching into the, 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 the truth that's underneath it. One thing that we need to kind of pull apart is the, the lie that you were told that your life is going to be great. Sounds like somebody filled you with some bullshit or else you created it yourself in order to escape something. I'm not sure which yet, but that your life is going to be like this. This is how it goes and everything is great. Like, where did you get that? TV. Ah. <laughs> TV. <laughs> Family. Religion. Wow. Everywhere. Um, yeah. 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 Because that's an ego building mechanism, you know, you know. If you lived here, if you had this car, you'd be happy. If you, you know, I mean, it's, it's bullshit. It's just com- commerce. It's got nothing to do with happiness. Nothing. It's commerce. And, and we, we, we just continue to do it. We have no ethics around that at all. It's all a big fat lie, but this is the way we are. Commercialism is more important than integrity. And that's the world. That's how it is. I, I don't, you know, it is how it is. I'm not bothered by it. I just see it, you know? So for you to see that that's a lie and that you were duped you fell for it and the grief of seeing that it's a lie needs to happen because as long as you hold it in some way as a standard you're going to be disappointed because it was bullshit it was bullshit it's motivated by commerce not by truth and somehow you, 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 you thought, oh, this is how I do it. This is how I, okay, this is the path. It's not. It's the path of control, because religions are into control, you know. And TV needs to make you keep wanting to watch TV, because it's part of the insatiable, creating an insatiable appetite for more, which keeps commerce, keeps the economy going. You see? So the part of you that has an idea of how to find truth, that has to realize, wow, I fell for that. I really fell for that. And it's bullshit. And, and there will be a grief there of like, wow, I, I wasted a lot of time and a lot of energy doing certain things in order to achieve what they said, and they were liars. I'd love to see you getting angry at all those voices who said that, from the family to the religion to the TV, the whole lot of it. Pushing it back is like, yeah, fine. I bet you it didn't work for you guys either. And you can be sure it didn't. You can be sure it didn't. 
you know? You need to break that fantasy and reclaim the, I don't know. I don't know what's going to make me happy and be there. I haven't a clue, actually. I'm starting all over again. I did that for 30 years, and you know what? We're going to stop now. We're going to stop. Need you to get into your authority to do that so that you refuse to buy into that fantasy, that externally driven, these are the steps to happiness. Can you do that? I can. Yeah, great. Okay. So there needs to be a cutting there of that. All right. The disconnect is, is a belief system that probably holds together the core of you, actually. It's like, it, it feels quite, um, quite central to, mm, to who you think you are. All right, so, okay, let me, let, me, let me figure this out another way. Most of us have, have one template, one bunch of stories that becomes the core of the ego, of who we imagine we are, you know, the, the, the phenomenal me. It's really just a character that you play. It's just a personality that you play, but you think it's yourself, okay? So the core of that always has familiar reference points. There's a familiarity in it. So when you run that story, the familiarity of it is like, oh, your ego loves that because it needs something familiar you know, like, that's how I recognize myself. Okay, that's me. That's me. That's my thing. That's my story. That's my set of feelings. That, there I go. So while it's familiar, it's really uncomfortable. But the familiarity gives comfort. You see? Need you to see the familiarity for what it is. Which is, oh, the familiarity is, I can feel the comfort that comes from the familiarity. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I can be without a reference point here. Let me be without a reference point. Whereas the, the disconnected one, right now, the familiarity of it is the greatest hook for you. Because that's your touchstone, going back to base again. That's how, I, that's how my system resets into like, yeah, yeah, that's really who I am. That's really, that concoction of feelings, that's who I am. Right? Do you see what it's doing? Um... Most people have one ball of a belief system that offers the familiar feeling. That, that's your touchstone. Mm-hmm. Most people do just have one ball, you know? And to disconnect from the, the comfort that you get from the familiarity is the first one. Because familiarity is a drug. It gives, we give ourselves permission to relax because, oh yeah, I know this. I know this gig. I know these belief systems and all these thoughts. I know all this. Whew. And we chill. Somehow we chill in the pain. We, we chill out there. You see? I want you to go into the unknown. What lies beneath all of that? What lies beneath it? How? Hmm. How do you get that? Yeah. It might help if you... Mm, Okay, the fam- let me just tune into you there a minute. Would this work with you? Can you f- can you f- can you feel the 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 layer the layer of familiarity is tied up with existence for you? That's how come you know you are. Mm-hmm. 
You see? What about going prior to existence? What about going to where you were 60 years ago? What happens when you go 60 years or 600 years, it doesn't matter, before your body-mind mechanism, before you were a, a twinkle in your father's eyes, they say, before any sense of, of you coming into this dimension? Go there. You, you, you can access it, actually. Yeah, yeah. All right. So where's the disconnect story there? There is none, really. Yeah, there is none. No. Yeah, there is none. It's yeah. just there. Yes. 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 And that, that's well put, it's just there. Because it's not like, oh, I'm connected to everything. And it's like, that, that, it's like, no, there isn't even a me and everything. It's not the antidote to disconnect. Like, you're going prior to duality, the non-dual unity consciousness. Go prior to all of that. Going there. When the familiar, the ego wants to, okay, let's just crank up and reform our core belief in who I think I am, in who I pretend to be in this incarnation. Let's crank up that story, that feeling. It's like, I'm on to you, I'm on to you. I'm going prior. And put your attention prior. If you stop feeding that familiar concoction of neurology and chemistry in your body, it will fade out. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's what happens in your neurology. You know, if you stop doing maths or you stop doing you kind of forget how to do it, you know? If you stop using it, you lose it. You really do. So I need you to stop thinking about it. It's not about fixing it. It's, that's not going to do it. That's, it's, we can't do that with you. It's outside of all of it where it doesn't feature at all. That's what's underneath it. But for you, the trick is, is go back through the, time, through the timeline. That's what will get you there. It's like, yep, because you can jump to the pre, pre-existence of this body-mind mechanism. Stay there. And you're out of the whole dualistic loop of connected, disconnected. Don't entertain it when it comes up. Don't entertain it. You have to cut it off. It'll take a bit of discipline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, 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 it's the core of what your ego uses. It's the story that's your strong story. And everything else then is overlay on top of that, you know? I get it. Outside of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, outside of all of it. Just kind of refocus that attention and yes. don't add it to the fire. Don't add it to the fire. There's no fixing that fire. That's, that's the Titanic. It's like it's on the way out. There's no fixing that. Let it, let it dismantle itself. How? By going... Shoot back, shoot back out prior to this incarnation. Have no reference point. None of that shows up, none of it. There is nothing to be fixed there. It's about disconnecting your attention from that story. Your system... 
for you to have the experience of being separate, the way your system is, it had to create that cocktail in order to, for you to experience being separate. It was really effective. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't have fallen into the hypnosis otherwise. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have. It was a setup. So you know? somewhere along the line, I've had to create that feeling of separation in order to proceed with what I needed to do you got it. in this life. That's right. That's right. And now it's kind of taken over a little bit. That's right. Yeah. You got it. I get that. Yeah. Where was it just a mechanism to give you a, a, a persona? You know? Yeah. 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 You gotta walk away from it. You don't need it. It doesn't serve me anymore. Not at all. No, not at all. It it brought you this far. But you gotta just like push back, push back, push back. It's like not going with any of this. Not the fantasy of how I thought it worked. All of it is bullshit. Like if you can stay sixty years ago, that pointer to your mind where it lands you, stay there. Stay there, stay there, stay there. <coughs> Stay there. And let life be lived from there. See what happens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to work really hard at that. Your ego is going to fight so strongly. <laughs> so strongly. Because we're like cutting it off at the knees. You know? We're cutting it off. Your whole identity from in one go. Does that challenge get any easier as we go? I mean, is it, is it always that uphill challenge of trying to break down that ego form thought? Or does it get easier? It's more that, you know, some people have lots of little roots. You've got one big taproot. I prefer a taproot. If it was me, I prefer a taproot rather than all these little you tendrils. Pull everywhere. it out all at once. You just yank it. You go after <laughs> one thing. You know, pull it out all at once. Yeah, and then say, wow, wow, that, that's another belief that comes from that. Hmm, I do that because I, I want to be connected. Uh, oh, my God, I'm giving her a birthday present because I want to feel part of her group. Wow, hmm, I've got to stop all of this. So you start noticing things like this. If I go back 60 years, okay, what would I do then? What would be the action that happens here? And have the courage to let that follow through. Making sense? Yeah. So spiritual practice is 24-7 for you. It's not on a cushion. It's 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good for you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it's just in the moment, you know? It's just in the moment, every moment. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hang on to the chair, lads. Thanks. I'm going to pull this over because I'll have a hard time getting Yeah, of course. Can you manage? So, um, I 
been going through a physical journey for 15, 20 years of slow systems just breaking down one after another. Like, <coughs> phenomenally. I don't, you know, it's just like, oh, I had this, I had this, I had this, I had this. It's, you know, enormous. And I think for quite a while in this journey, my focus has been this is helping to break down my ego identity. You know, I Good. can't be Glad superwoman anymore. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And yeah. so the, the focus kept being, what is this shaping in me? What is this, you know, how is this? And I feel like it's been, in many ways, an enormous blessing. And I feel like it's really deepened me to that being level much more. But I'm finding lately is that I feel like my world has gotten so small in terms of how I can really enjoy life. Um, And I am very aware of the things that are wonderful and blessings. You know, my husband, my adult kids, where I live in nature. Um, But the what brings me joy in terms of my creative self. So I um, now I've developed a bit of a tremor in my hand, so painting is much more difficult, plus the energy to paint. You know, I just I can't sit there or stand there for two or three hours and, and do that. Um, there's just a lot of different parts. It's just a small example. And so I've, I find myself sitting back and thinking, well, it seems like there's a trajectory here. And I also start to have a sense of where's the line where I don't want to go any further. I don't, I don't want my world to become so small. I mean, I moved into a smaller place and I can't, stay, I can't keep it up. And then, and then there's a certain amount of chaos that just is, it just feels bad to be in it, you know, at a physical level. Um, and then there's a, another part that thinks, well, you just surrender, and you surrender, and you surrender, which is what my practice has been. But I notice lately like there's some possibility of um, a, a pretty heavy-duty surgery I might need to have. I've had like five or six heavy-duty surgeries, and there's a part of me that goes... I don't have the I don't have the resilience to keep doing this, mm-hmm. and then I start to question. Well, what does that mean? I mean, do I have? It's not the right, but um, I have I have a kidney disease. So, if I weren't being as careful and scrupulous about how I take care of my kidneys, I'd go out. You yeah. know, it, it's yeah. clear to me. And so I think, well, you know, so I don't have to overtly kill myself, and I, and I don't feel suicidal, but there's a part of me that, that just wants to know I'm one with this universe, whether I'm in this body or not in this body, and at some point this body is not really all that functional. So that's what I grapple with. I don't, I don't know what my question is, <laughs> but that's kind of my inner landscape lately, if that makes sense. Mm. Tell me about the deepest knowing or spiritual experience or glimpse or that you've had. 
that I've had. Yeah. The deepest. Yeah, I want to see how far you got. Oh, well, I, I've had awakening periods where I'm... I, I can't describe it. I don't, I don't have words for it. But, um, and they've generally uh, come through contact or that I've had, let's say, with Gangaji or um, Dorothy Hunt, or even when I was in more of a, you know, like a Yogananda kind of group, and I've had profound experiences. So I I have a deep trust that I'm I'm not, I don't fear dying. I more fear, what am I going to have to go through until I can die? And I don't know if it's so much fear as just, I've had enough. I don't want to. I don't want to keep having more challenges because you never come back to where you were. If I have the surgery or even possibly two surgeries on my hips, I, you know, I, I have a hard time walking now. I can kind of do it, but I won't come back to even where I've reduced to. Yes, but so when I ask you, what's the you know what's the deepest glimpse you've had? Two or three sentences later, you're back into your body, and it's like, mm-hmm. um, um, can, can I'd love to view this from the deepest place that for you to find the wisdom yourself. I want you to answer yourself actually, from the p- deepest place that you have achieved. You know, more than three seconds, like if a spiritual experience that that you've kind of hung out in a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want. Can you access that? I have one there right now. Okay, very good. Sit in that for a minute. I didn't get that. Sit in that for a minute. Melt into it. Know that it's the only reality, actually. Taste it, feel it, smell it. I'm having to clear emotion that got stirred up talking yes. about the body. Yes, yes. To fully um, go there. Um, yes, for sure. Yep. It's all right. There's no hurry at all. So in that vastness, let the concept of space be gone too. I don't think I got fully what you were saying. What does it feel like? Let's try it that way. What does it feel like? Mm -hmm. Um, No boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't feel any distinction between myself, like this body and everything else. Uh Um, It just feels like there's not much difference and I'm not, I'm not identified with this. With that form, yeah. Yeah. 
So, is there a sense of spaciousness? Oh, yeah. Okay. Can we go deeper than spaciousness? So, take away the concept of spaciousness. Deeper than that concept. Just not if you have some sense of what I'm talking about. Well, the only thing that I don't know if I'm uh-huh. um, what comes to me about deeper than spaciousness uh-huh. is a kind of merging. It's that I don't know if that's one and the same in terms of what you're talking about. And is the merging ongoing, or is there a, a merging happens and it's done? Is merging the process? Is merging the process? The process of going into prior to space, or it, it does merging happen and it's continuous, there's a continuous merging? I guess I feel it kind of somewhere between. Okay. I don't know quite how to... Um, The only word that comes to me is a kind of merging. Just so I don't, I don't think I know what you're meaning by beyond spaciousness. If it's not just a sense of absolute oneness, okay? But oneness is a concept. Okay. Unity consciousness is a step along the way. I want to push you over. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So, feeling spaciousness and then like, okay, take away the concept of space and see what happens. Don't put any concept there, but just let let space be gone. We're not looking, we're not filling it with anything. Let space be gone. So you've got to go to spaciousness first because that's your reference point, you see. Stay there. 
And let's see if if words come from there. They might, they might not. Let's just see if a movement comes from there. Does anything come from there? Um, I get pictures that feel like creation. Like pictures that you see from the Hubble Space Mm. Center and Mm. you see these changes in movement and things are emerging and folding and falling and coming back. Right. That's... All right. Keep that... The wideness of Hubble multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. The wideness of, of... Okay. So there's the nothing. And when the concept of space overlays, then there's a context for creation to roll out. But keep yourself in nothing. Keep the nothingness. Keep a foot in the nothingness. And so as it rolls out, way down there is the physical form that we're talking about in this conversation. With its I want you to see the trajectory between nothing, keep one foot in nothing, then as you move, something arises from there. And for you, there's a creation and pictures arises from there. So keep a foot in nothing, but follow that tra- trajectory from, out, from Hubble right in to where your physical body is. See if you can see the trajectory. Can you, have you got the bandwidth to, to, to keep both in view? I'm not sure. A little bit, it's kind of like the physical body feels, or uh, not appears, but I don't know, it's sure. like a thought form. Yeah. That's just a speck. Yes. Yes, it's just a speck. Does it matter if that speck just flitters off into dust or not? No. No, it doesn't. It is all involved in managing your body. And it's not, it's going into territory that it's just not able to 
It's not about practicalities anymore because the practicality is that if you keep continuing, you're just going to get worse. Like so, so your mind is like, well, what the heck do I do? So, so, but so we have to access your inner knowing. Mm-hmm. We have to on your health issues. You're there now. Mm-hmm. That the wisdom must come from a higher place, not the one who wants to fix it. Mm-hmm. Feel the difference. I do. Yes, I do. It's somewhat similar to what I said earlier about trusting the magnetism. It, there's just yes, yes. There's just isness. Yes, the isness. It's not. Yes, I don't understand it. It doesn't matter. I just move yeah. with that. That's right. It's the same. That's right. But I love the picture that you. Um, I mean, I'm very visual, and so the one foot in and the Hubble and the speck and yes. it's a wonderful image yes. for me. Yes. 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 And it just drops away guilt and dogma and Oh yeah. You know, that's all that's what will they won't think and want and blah. That's right. Yeah. If you keep a, a, a one foot in the nothingness you won't have the bandwidth to go into the minutia of, you know, guilt and shame and angst and the right thing and the, right, the, right. It, it's it's too much. It's too it's it's there's it too is. much of a compromise. So the the nothingness can set up the paradigm of duality, but it can't. You can't be, have a foot in the nothingness and believe the dual, dualistic story at the same time. You can't believe duality. You've left the nothingness, the truth of what you are, when you're believing your dualistic story. So that's why it's so important. If you believe your mind, your, your self-referencing network, there's no way that you have a foot in outside of all of it. You haven't, we haven't got the bandwidth. You can't do it. The only way that pure consciousness or the absolute can believe that you know can can experience the dualistic world is by cutting something off, believing its own mechanism, its story making mechanism, and as it believes its own story making mechanism, then it can have the full experience of being separate. Do you see? You don't have the bandwidth to do both. So consciousness doesn't know shit about guilt and shame and that. It has traded its identity for being a separate one in order to feel guilt and shame, etc. Do, that's really important. Do, that, is that making sense to you guys? <clears throat> Can you say that again? Yeah. All right. All right. So, 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 okay, I'm going to do it in a roundabout way, but a little bit more detail maybe. Right. So, so when, when this lady was talking about, you know, spiritual experiences, she was talking about oneness and unity consciousness. Okay, that's the opposite to the division and the diversity that your mind does. Like day, night, all the right, wrong, I like, I don't like. We've got all that dualistic realm there. And then you pull back and you've got the non-dual and you experience the interconnectivity. And you might, you know, it's easier to feel it in nature, for example, rather than a shopping mall, that's for sure. Shopping mall is all about diversity. That energy is there. I want, I don't want, will I, won't I. Right? You've got all this duality and choice. We pull back from that and we go into unity consciousness where you feel like, oh gosh, the boundaries are just dissolving. This is lovely and it's kind of delicious, you know? 
There's a melting into something. Now, don't stop there. That's not enough. Because in the non-dual state, you're going to keep bouncing back into the dualistic state. You're just ping-pong between one and the other. Darn, that becomes tiring. So from the non-dual state, what breaks down is time and space. Because time and space is the context, the framework for the dual and the non-dual. Time and space are still there with, the, with unity consciousness. Because it's the interconnectivity of all things. They're in the context of time and space. You can say that it's, it's only present. Yes, the present moment becomes more prevalent. Sure, we've still got time and space. We've just got the present moment. Still time. It's just collapsed from a line into now. Right? Okay. Outside of time, outside of space. Those two hurdles need to be crossed. Time, well, you know, there's lots of ways of, like, magic mushrooms will do the time for you. There's loads of ways of, of, of breaking down time. Uh, I can go into that if you want, but, but and, and you know, it's just like, okay, go into the present moment, and now, like, kind of fall through the present moment. There's only this present moment. There's only this present moment. Past, the future, they're just a trajectory in your head. You've no evidence for them at all, actually, except that your head says that there's a past and a future. They're not anywhere. They're not anywhere. It's only in your head. All right, so the present moment that's here now. Be in that present moment, but outside of time. Drop through the timeline. Don't think about it. Do it. Oh, a good few of you have it, actually. There's a sense of something that's outside of time. Just an isness, just being, kind of like pure being, but outside of timeline. All right. The one that's deeper than time is space. Most spiritual experiences have that, uh, that first concept still in place. And there's a sense of vastness, spaciousness. So if you're like, prior to you, if you go back 100 years, where there was no sign of you at all, you'll find that the concept of space will be sitting there waiting for you. There'll be a sense of vastness. Can you tune into vastness right now? Just go back 100 years, that's one way of doing it. It just plays a trick on the mind. You get a sense of vastness. Now that's the first concept that rarely gets thrown out because if you just go to non-dual, you need time and space for the non-dual. If we're going deeper than that, which, which is absolutely essential, <laughs> deeper than that, you've got to get rid of time and space. So when the vastness is there, you can't swap it out for something else. All you can do is say, okay, deeper than the concept, deeper than this, deeper than this concept of space, take away space. There's nothing there to replace it, you see, because it's the first concept. There's nothing there to replace it. So let it, let the, feel the vastness and, okay, take away the concept of space and just see what happens. If your mind says, oh, that must be what I am, don't bring identity with you. Identity is, is, is very non-dualistic. Identity is with I'm, with, I'm the absolute, I'm all of it, I'm truth. That's fine. That's very useful for a while. There is no identity prior to space. There is nothing to, to, to be. It's just bullshit there. Any sense of identity it's just doesn't make any sense at all. Prior to the concept of space, 
existence is very shady. It's like, is there existence itself? Maybe there's existence itself? Rather than, it's before something exists. We can't have something without space, a context for it to appear. Some of you are going to get this and some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's fine. Go as far as you can go. All right. So with the concept of space gone, there might or might not be a sense of existence. Not important right now. Outside of all of that, outside prior to all concepts, if there's a sense of existence, go prior to existence. That's why I'm mentioning existence. Now, your brain is picking up an echo of what is outside of all of it. You know the outside of all of it. You know it. And your brain will pick up some kind of a... It's going to try and make sense of it. And we're turning it into language. That's your brain doing a part of it. For you to hear pure consciousness, as well as to run a me, myself, I story, you don't have the bandwidth for both. You just don't have the bandwidth for both. You can't be in your story and have um, an ear to outside of all of it. It's too wide. It's too wide. So when you're in a me, myself, I story, you can be darn sure that you have no access at all to outside of all of it. It's very demanding of your attention. And it uses your neurology in a certain way that you can't actually pick up the echo of pure consciousness. Your brain won't do it. So with this woman keeping a foot in outside of all of it, space and take spaciousness away, that nothing, she called it nothing. For you to be in there, the issues that your mind comes up with you, you actually can't entertain them. They have no validity at all. Because that part of your brain is just out to lunch. Like, you don't have the bandwidth for it. You literally don't have the bandwidth for it. Because your brain is doing what it's wired to do, which is tune into the echo of pure consciousness. Consciousness doesn't start in your brain. Your brain picks it up like a frequency. And when it's tuning into that frequency, your brain is in its right place. And the me, myself, I stories, they're, they're like, what, what language? Uh, gobbledygook. It's gobbledygook. You can't run those stories. So as long as you stay outside of all of it, you don't have the bandwidth to stretch into believing that you're an individual. You don't. You don't. Thankfully. That's why when you're awake, you can't believe the dualistic stories. Unless some, they just they don't jive together. So this lady's uh, worries, concerns, trying to trying to work out through the trajectory for her body. Yeah, it's all wrapped up in body identification. All right. So we put her outside of all of it. That knows exactly what move to make next. Knows exactly what direction is, is in her destiny. And she'll be efficient about going in that direction. Rather than a mind saying, well, I have to make decisions here. She, you don't have to decide anything. You don't have to decide anything. You just, just get out of the way. 
Making sense? Yeah? All right, good stuff. Does the hundred years ago become your new identity? Watch for it. Mm. Watch for it. What it is, is a trick for the mind to kind of, it, it kind of log jams. Your thinking mind log jams. It's got no reference point, you see? That's what I'm trying to do, is suggest something that has no reference point, so that it just log jams to give you enough space to like tune in, to, to, so that your brain will tune in to the truth. Yeah, that made sense when you said consciousness is like you're picking it up. Yes, you're yeah, picking it up. Right yeah. Yeah, you're picking it up. It doesn't originate in the brain. Yeah, you're picking it up. Yeah. But if all your attention is in your own story, you, you don't, you're just, no, no capacity there to pick it up. Like you say, you can't have your attention in two places. You have it. You really can't. Yeah. And, and it really is a picking up rather than having your attention there. I mean, sometimes we say, sure, you know, put your attention on the absolute or something. But when you go to this level now of prior to non-duality, when we're talking this stuff, your attention you, you, doesn't kind of work. Your attention doesn't go there. It's much softer. You know, it's like you're more receiving something. Your brain is kind of tuning in, receiving something. Attention is, is a bit denser. It's at the other end of the trajectory. Your attention is the signal. The attention is the thing. The attention is by is mind. You see, attention is mind. It is mind. Yeah, it's mind. Yeah, I wouldn't see it as a signal. It's like you gotta you gotta make yourself receptive, you know, and you gotta trust this empty nothingness. Oh, you sure? Gonna take care of you. Yeah, sure. But but even that will go. Because for you to say, I gotta, you know, we got to trust this emptiness so that it will take care of you. Well, then underneath that, your mind is saying, oh, I'm a bit scared of surrendering to this thing. Uh, maybe I can just apply trust instead. Let's have the antidote. So any, any language that you say you think is coming from your mind, how do you know the voice of the emptiness? And, and the emptiness doesn't say much. <laughs> I feel like that bottle right there is going to be still, except for I'm conscious. You know, there's no thought or story, and the brain wants to say, you'll never beat me. Yes. That's what my brain yes. pops up with. Yes. And then my, my truth or whatever I know on that consciousness. Yes. So it's like a, a war between this brain that says, you'll never beat me. And this consciousness, which I know that I am, and that consciousness is outside of me because it's like the signal. Outside of the body, and yes. The brain is picking up. That's actually me behind yes. everything. Yes, it's you behind everything. So if I keep that foot out there and yeah, and nowhere, yeah, then this will lose its uh, control. Yeah, because because the only way your brain can figure out is that it must be a war, because it can only do duality. It's wired to see something and its opposite. That, that's its program. You see? So it has to see consciousness as the enemy and unsafe and fear. That's the only way it can interpret it. Because everything must have an opposite for, your, for your, that part of your brain to get it. See? 
So it's like, I see you. Of course you're scared of it. Of course you are. It's okay. It's okay. There is no competition here. But it just doesn't know what to do with that. You see? See, it's like outside of there's a fight. Outside of all of that. And that stepping stone of like, that's what I really am, that stepping stone will go, but, but keep, it, keep it for a while until this level is sorted. You know, we've we, we got to work out, we've got to use what, what makes sense to us at the time. But even the idea of that's what I really am, even that falls away. Because somehow the identity of that, and it's a very non-dual thing, it's a bit of a crutch. It's a bit of a crutch. That's what I really am. It's kind of like we're swapping out from being the individual to being all of it. And it's like, uh, uh, the idea of identity fades out too. I think the, the part where you're either happy or you're not happy. I've been, I collected every point on this earth and everywhere else that could be one. And now I'm in this uh, don't know what's what state. Yeah. Maybe he should have the chair. You're fine. No, yeah, it feels so fine. Thanks, though. It's a don't know what's what state. Yeah. And when I feel uh, pain or regret or shame or any other emotion, happiness or sadness, I know I can only tell you how I'm feeling right now. And it'll change into the next thing in a little while. So I'm at this total loss, uh, completely vaporized type of lost feeling where I don't really want nothing, I don't really don't want it. Yeah. And so the opposites, I can see the opposites, Yeah. but I'm just sort of like a, uh, I know any answer I get from the search that I've been on will not be the right answer. Yes. The brain will never be satisfied with any answer. That's right. So, That's right. So, uh, you know, like she said, you drop the struggle, you drop the you surrender and practice, but you know, you got that brain going, you'll never beat me. So, what I'd like to know is, why are we devouring our own selves? I heard somebody say you got like a phantom that took over your, uh, took you over, and you believe that it's you, but it's not you, it's a phantom. Yes. It's a make-believe, imaginary, yes. From yes. what you went through and what happened to you in your life. Yeah. And to just tell people to drop all that and become this absolute invisible, uh, no color, no shape, no size, no gender, and all the rest. And just live in this space. And then you hear the brain that you have in your head laughing at you like, uh, you're not even close, you'll never be. Sort of that's the ongoing. And then, you know, you listen to the story and go into the mind stream for a while and then you snap out of it and realize it ain't me. So it's, it's a battlefield of the mind, like the Christians call it. You're in the mind battling away without even really sure what you're going to get in the end. Are you ever going to be happy in a permanent state? No. Are you ever going to be sad in a permanent state? No. Are you ever going to be lonely or angry or any other thing in the state of emotion. So this idea is to not melt. To not melt? No, to melt. To melt. To melt. And let it be, because it couldn't be otherwise. 
Okay. How can it be otherwise? So the identity hasn't burnt out with you yet. Well, I'm kind of a fighter. You're kind of a fighter. A fire. You know, a fighter. A fighter. Yes, you are. Yes. You are. You yeah, are. Yeah, because I, I start to I want to I want to win. You know. Yeah. And when the brain jumps up and says you ain't got a chance. Yeah. And I jump up on the other side, wherever that is. So what about the, that survivor, that fighter, dropping his weapons? I'm sort of like the lady that was talking about how she didn't get the life she wanted. And so much resistance came into that. So much uh, hate and uh, loathing and what it should have been, you know. And I still fight with that quite a bit. But I gave up, like I said, I gave up the idea that it's supposed to be utopia. That's what I mean. I'm just in a what's what state that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about or what's what. So, in order to function at a level that, that, that uh, you know, when you talk about this one foot out a hundred years ago, to me that's sort of like you weren't here a hundred years ago. That sounds better than here. Mm, you're, but you're making it dualistic. That's not what it's about. You're pulling everything into the dualistic mind. No, but the, when you're in deep sleep and there's nobody, yeah. world, motion, or story, yeah. you're at peace, right? Well, you don't know if you are or not. Everything is absent. Well, you're at peace, but you know it. No, you are because you're awake. Pardon? What do you have to identify with? <coughs> Identity is an issue. If I'm identified with the ego, what, what would I be identified with? What am I supposed to, is there a name for what we're supposed to be identified with? Identification has to go. You're trying to swap out one thing. Identification. So you don't have to have an identification. No, identification gets transcended. You don't identify with the absolute or God. No, that's, that's, that's until you get to the non-dual state. Deeper than that, that identification burns out. The idea of identifying with anything is bullshit. So you just... There's no you just. See through. See, no, you're... Okay, what, whatever we're talking about, you keep bringing it back into the dualistic perspective. It's like you're, you're trusting du, your dualistic uh, capacity, ability, to, to make sense of it. Yeah. I, I want to talk to you as pure consciousness. That's the material That's that saying. we're as talking about. I feel like in a way, that, that flower, that bottle, or that table. Yeah. I feel like if I cuss that table out, it doesn't care. If I, if no matter what, it doesn't care. Okay. You see what I mean? I do, but what the pattern of bringing everything into the dualistic realm to see if it cares and if it doesn't care, you're you're still pulling everything, your perception into that, rather than just hanging out as pure consciousness, right? And when you bring it into the dualistic realm. You've cranked up your mind and it's saying, hey, I'm using every frigging thing that can be said. I'm going to bring it in here and you'll see that I can destroy it and see that it's bullshit. So it, it's taking like diamonds and it's pissing on them as though they were pebbles. Do you know? And it's like you, you, you don't have the capacity. Dear, dear, dear dualistic mind, you don't have the capacity to recognize diamonds. They're just stones. That yes and no. But to it, it's stones because it only has stone or not stone. Do you know? But, but you're, you're, you have so many more capacities 
Don't bring the mind with you. But the mind is coming with you is because your survival and your preservation, your fighting mode is so strong, it's determined to bring you with you, bring it with, to go with you to keep you safe. It would be really good for you to maybe run a mantra to know I am safe, I am safe, I am safe. 24-7. To see where do I automatically think I'm not safe because that is where your mind is getting its juice to, to, to take everything from way outside of mind, to turn it into concepts so that it can shit on it. That's what it's doing. That's what it's doing. Do you see? But it's because somewhere you're not safe and you've got to fight to stay safe. That's the belief that you haven't seen through. You've got to work on that one. Yeah, you rarely feel safe. And that's why you're given such potency to, to your brain, to your dualistic brain. That's why it's fighting. It's trying to keep you safe. It's doing a beautiful job. But actually, it's like, you are safe. It's based on a lie. Of course you're safe. Of course you're safe. But you're going to have to heal that imprint that says, I'm not. I'm really not here. I'm not safe. So the 100 years isn't, isn't a timeline. It's just to make the mind logjam for a moment so that we have enough space, bandwidth, to tune in to the truth. You see? But that's the thing that's pulling you into duality, is an innate belief, I am not safe. I'm not safe. I hear that through the mind and never rest for me. I can hear myself saying concepts as I'm listening to you. And, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying. I don't get uh, the rest part of it. Where, you know, you just go to who you really are to rest. I must have heard everything 10,000 times. Sure. I study this stuff like 10 hours a day for, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Because I want the freedom of what it's promising. You know? Because then you'd be safe. Uh, yeah, probably at the deepest level. It's in there. It's in there. And the mind wants to. Know too, some some reason to know who it is, know what's going on, know why we're here. I'm a wonderer. I'm a person that wonders about everything. It's all about safety. You have yeah. to go after the safety. Safety. You have to go after that. Yeah, I avoid a lot of things. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's it's alive. You're believing that one. You're carrying that one with yeah. you. So you have a leg stuck in duality because that keep, that's where you can you can know about safety and what's unsafe. So that's in command. So, so when you go back, you can't. You can't go beyond the identification with the absolute. You can't because you've got a, you've got a foot still in that side. I want you to have a foot in outside of all of it. Prior to space, prior to any identity. Have a foot out there. Be that free. That free. Where safety is like, safety is just the flip side of not safe. It's like hungry, not hungry. It's that potent. Got to get you there. Just living naturally and breathing. And yes. And yes. There's total freedom. I mean, total freedom. And no opinion or no circumstance. No. They change a lot. They change all yeah. the time. So it doesn't. I'm not stuck to any of them. Nothing really matters. No, nothing matters. It's an I don't mind, and not an I don't care. I think lately I've been waiting, looking for a practice 
Even now they say there's nothing you can do about it, you know. There's a lot you can do. That's yeah, bullshit. Like that's the way you, you approach do. it where There's a lot you can do. Yeah, I love to have the control in my mind that you have. Yeah, it's more that I I I, I know it's a liar. You get stuck in mind strings? No, not anymore. No, not anymore. You see right through everything? Yeah, I always know it's a bullshitter. I always know. It's, you know, somebody that I was talking to said this, and I'm borrowing his image, and it's really, I really like it. It's like the mind is, you know, it's like you're out there beyond deeper in space than the Hubble, like you're way out, right? And there's this dog on a planet way down there barking. That's the mind. (laughs) Do you know? Yeah, I see that simple when I see a picture of the earth and the clouds and everything. Oh, yeah. And you know the people are down there, but they yeah. don't mean much. It means it's nothing. Just, yeah. yeah. It's a perspective of where you're That's it. That's it. It's kind of, it's like that. Where you look. It's like that. It's like the mind is just this little toolkit for, for making sure my coffee isn't too hot. You know, that's what it's for. But I, I don't have it invading. No, it's, it, it, I pick it up and I set it down. I'm not interested in it. It's got nothing to give me nothing at all. You see, so so what can I do except except just you know? There's just yeah, be. There's just out there, and life is plodding along, and it's grand, and it's fun. It's fun because sure. Let it be. Yeah, sure. There's no threat or promise. I crash the car tonight. Okay, we'll try it again. <laughs> You're trusting your mind. You believe it can give you something. There's something to get. It's got something to get. Yeah. It needs to keep you safe. It, it will get to enjoy happiness when it's all over. It won't. It's just a little toolkit in your garage. It's just your oh, toolbox. Yeah. And you've got this whole garage, and there's the mind in that toolbox. It's like, you know, they're not appropriate for everything. My chainsaw's over there. It's not in the toolbox. There's sometimes that, like, my toolbox is not appropriate. I need the chainsaw sometimes. You know, you're in a whole garage, but you really think that your toolbox is the only thing in the garage. It's like, hmm, hmm. Loads of things that that toolbox are darn useful for, useless for. But you're trusting your mind because... It's not safe. You have beliefs that, that are still held as sacred in there. That's why it's so important. You've got to go after the beliefs. So make a chart. You know, get a piece of paper. These are the things that I believe. And start with them, not safe. And what do you believe? You impress me because you know what's wrong with me without me telling you what's wrong with me. When you say you're not safe, yeah. I definitely don't feel safe. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that you really have invested in. So you need your mind because it keeps you safe. And it's like, no, I am, not, I am safe is the truth. I am safe. That is the truth. I am safe. But of course you've got a battle. Of course you have. Because you're trying to stay safe. And it's like you're, you're still adoring that you're bowing down to that belief that it's, not, you know, I've got to watch myself because I'm not safe. So that behavior has to change. 
struggle for me is that you hear you're the hammer and you're done pounding and now put it back. You hear that toolbox analogy. But you, you say, okay, I'll put it back. But you can't put it back because the sicker won't stop. It's, it's a side of things, you know? I know we got to start at the beginning where you just, you got your one foot out in the, in the no, nothingness and let's be pure consciousness. And then drop the identification with it. You are. That's what you are. Until the identity with that drops off. That's what you are. You could kick a hole in the screen and get rid of the movie. Yeah, you're still believing part of the movie. Yeah. That's the issue. That's the work you have to do. It's resistance, like high level resistance. Yeah, you, you, you're you're not ready to feel it's safe yet. in my way. You gotta see the you gotta see that the I'm not safe sorry, I'm just interrupting it. Yeah. Um, you gotta see that the I'm not safe is a trick to keep the ego alive. That's what's stopping your awakening. That belief. You have to see that it's it's actually the content of I'm not safe is bullshit. The content of I'm not safe, that's bullshit. But there is a belief that you're trusting and it's around safety. So when that belief arises, don't go into, well, am I safe here or am I not safe? It's like, whoa, there's the safety issue. Nope, nope. I'm not entertaining that story at all of safe or not safe. I'm not. I'm not. That is not going to direct what I'm going to do today. It's not. It's bullshit. Let's see what else happens. Let's see what else. Oh, there it is again. I'm not safe if I do that. It's like, really? Really? Okay, I'm going to stay out of the safe or not safe and let's see what happens. Do that a gazillion times a day. You've got to watch it like a hawk. Don't follow the directive. That'd be great. That'd be great. So, so rather than swapping out safe for not safe, you can't play the game. You've got to see it. It's like, whoa, there's the trick. There's the trick. There's my mind trying to grab me. Nope, not engaging with any of it. Don't go into the content. Is that safe? Is that? Don't go into the content. You see? So you're a step back. Then you've got some autonomy, you know? You see? Good. Good. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes? This question has been coming through my mind quite a bit about the ego. Uh-huh. And it trips us up and it's bringing all this angst for us so much of our lives. And Maybe talk about yourself. When, when people use the we, the oh, our yes. lives, there's generally a well, hiding I'm going on. stories, what I've heard today, and then my Okay, give us your one. Yeah. So I'm wondering, what is the benefit? To give you the experience. To give you the experience. You see, pure consciousness can't experience a shitload of stuff. It doesn't get heartbreak. It doesn't get like huge highs and huge lows. It can't do it. It has to create this neurological circuitry in order to have that experience. So your unique life is the only way that pure consciousness can experience those experiences. Do you see? So, so the body-mind mechanism has to imagine that it's separate in order to experience experiences. Do you see? You're the experiencing capacity of pure consciousness. That's why. That's what the ego is there for. Is to, to, is, it took a lot of evolution in order for something to believe that it was something other than what it really was. And here we have sentient beings imagining that there's something other than what they are. And that's what gives you the ability to experience, that gives consciousness the ability to experience. 
Because there is no separation, there is no diversity. So how can you how can you figure out what contrast is? How can you feel the sun and, and the, the frost? How, you, you, you can't. Because there is no diversity except for your brain, your perception creating the diversity. So experiencing cannot happen except through a, an, an egoic, dualistic brain. Do you see? Yeah, you're welcome. Yes. Sure. Hi there. I was going to head back to you, but this is the way it flows. You're doing okay. All right. Hi there. A lot of things are going on. Uh, last couple of years, I felt most of the time quite peaceful, content, not much space, time, it's just kind of just flowing along. Yeah. It's been quite nice. Yes. The last month, the tiger had gotten loose again. Uh-huh. And I don't know why, I don't know why at all. It's, you know, the recent events have kind of exacerbated that some, but this was occurring before. Yeah. There is a before. <laughs> uh, so... The closest I can come to, you know, the, the core for me is about feeling constricted, <clears throat> limited, in a visceral way, mm. birth trauma and stuff. You know, it's where it started, I think. But <clears throat> so that's so it seems it seems like somehow the mind is, is believing that I'm again stuck in some yes. place that's quote more or less free. <laughs> yes. So, that's a little bit of a tilt, so... Okay, so... I feel an emotional body about that. I feel... There's a part of me who wants to test you. I feel skeptical of anything that's going to come... You know, kind of, he's talking about back there. <clears throat> so all that's kind of stirring around. Yes. So... The, the difficult part of it the last month is I haven't been able to get to that what is kind of place. It's ah. like it's so consuming. It's, it's opening all the drawers and yes. pulling out all the old stuff and just yes, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. I don't want that. I don't think. Yes. So. So when the old stuff is out, like this last month, are you believing it? Mm. How deep? How deep into it are you falling? Most of the time, I know it's a story. I know it's all stories. You know, every bloody thing is a story. Sure, but there's a difference between having the theory of that and yeah. having seen through everything right. a story. Right. So, the only thing that I can. Yeah, at some level, it's about safety, like he was talking about. <clears throat> It's always, always been my issue. But you know, the last couple of years, I felt safety is not an issue. You know, yeah, it's not an issue whether you're safe or not. <clears throat> right. You know, been able to be in that kind yes. of what is place. Yes. But somehow it's. So is there is there like what's running? Is it that it shouldn't be like this? Or I thought I was free. That's, that's there. 
Right. I wasn't even thinking it was free. It's, yeah. I can feel this is the opposite of freedom. Yes, yes, the opposite of freedom is the only thing we can feel, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And what's wrong with it, having a tiger mind right now? Better than I think it shouldn't be there. <laughs> okay, there's the idea it shouldn't be there, but mm. that's just an idea. Right. Right? It's a story. I haven't out of that yet. Ah, so there's, there's things should be a certain way then. Yeah, ju- judgment. <clears throat> judgment is very closely tied up to me with this constriction, the visceral constriction. So when I, you know, the, when I feel that from another person or from myself too, it's the same thing. So it's it's like I'm in a box that I put myself in, like, yeah. not finding the way out, even yes. though I know quote where it is. Yes. So what juice? What what juice are you getting out of it? You're getting some juice out of that. Probably. Yeah. What's going on there? What's the juice? There's a different sense of aliveness, I think. Whereas in the state I've been in for a couple of years, and there's, there's, it's, and there's a, there's a loveliness to it and a beauty to it and all that, but it doesn't. There's some sort of energy there that's that's missing that I still want. I think this this sense of there's a certain type of probably. Maybe it's more the physical level aliveness. Maybe rather than uh, just, uh, be careful not to talk too much here. Yeah, maybe the personal and the impersonal is part of it also. But the state I've been in for a couple of years has felt very impersonal. You know, yes. I don't have much feeling one way or the other about most things, most people. Yes. Yes. So I think, think somehow that maybe I'm missing that again. Because it wasn't there for so long in my early life. So uh. I had a couple of years of that. But, Maybe I'm leaning back the other way. Okay. Because when, when, you know, when you're in a state of being and there's no drama and things don't register as drama, even though the same events might happen and they don't register as drama, when we leave that, spa- that state and go back into the world and the mad mind again, the, the, the addiction to experience is always in there that we want to experience, we want to feel contrast. I'd like to see you um, transcending experience, seeing the before and after experience. All right, so it needs time. There has to be before, and then there's the experience, and then there's afterwards, because otherwise we can't register the experience. You know, it has to be in within time and space. I'd like you to see the mind game of what experience is. Mm-hmm. Using memory to compare, right? Yeah, you, yeah, it's like getting you to a place of where 
the, the myth of experience, where it's demystified. That's a little too abstract. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's where I need to bring you there. I'm going to find other words now for it. Um, okay. Your mind is telling you that you're getting more out of experiences than what you are. Somehow it has kind of glorified experiences. Yeah, it likes the intensity of the emotion. It likes the intensity. Something in you likes the intensity. I'd like you to see through the intensity. To see that it's just self-hypnosis. There's nothing in the intensity except this rush. It's like a drug. It is a drug, actually. It's just a chemical rush. Yeah, I I feel it now. Yeah, yeah. Do you like it? Part of me likes it in private. <laughs> this right. like being exposed. Yes. <clears throat> yes. And yeah, there's that, that's that aliveness I think I was talking about before. Is that rush? Yes. The word for it. Yeah. Yes. What am I getting out of that? Yes, you have to see through it. You see, if you push it away, it's going to be waiting for you. You're just postponing it. Mm-hmm. But you have to see that it's about nothing. Mm-hmm. It's actually about nothing. It's just a load of chemicals. It's like, do you ever get addicted? Do you have an addictive nature? Somewhat. Yeah, somewhat, yeah. Have you seen through addiction? Have you seen, have you ever broken something that you were addicted to? Broken the pattern of being addicted to something? Well, I think all the psychological work I've done in the last 25 years has been yeah. addicted to, you know, or, you know, believing so many of the stories. Yes. This is, you know, this is kind of a, this is another story that you believe. Story. Yeah, this is another story that you're believing. Mm-hmm. That experiencing is worth it. Right. Makes me feel alive and I want to feel alive. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel that I'm not missing something. At least I'm engaging. And that's better than not engaging. Right. So your mind will set up being free and, and, you know, just being. It will interpret that as less than. And it says, I can do better than that. The thing is, the dualistic mind is not doing being. It's not there at all. But it imagines that that being is really boring. It's just that it's not there. Right. You know? So I've had enough experience of that. I, I wonder, it's really boggles my mind. So, okay, why is it back now? This experience, you know, that was fine. At least I thought it was fine. Maybe I didn't really believe it. No, you, you bought the idea that you weren't, that there's something, something, there's some more juice in life. Let me get in there again. And you cranked up that part of your brain that'll create intensity for you. Some part of you wanted intensity. And that's all right. What I'd like to see you doing is making a list of things that you want to experience. Because this usually cranks up and there's something pretty much in our destiny that we need to do, that we need to experience, but we've never had the experience. So it's either let go of... Okay, I want, you to, I want you to make a list, like 10 things that you'd like to do. Like a bucket it's list. pretty much an empty list right these days. Is it an empty list? No. Except you want to experience, you want to feel alive. Right, but any specific one, like goes going skydiving. Okay, that kind of, okay, that'd be kind of fun, but I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that's pretty much true of any, anything that I've, I've thought about this a lot. For okay. The last two years, it's like, you know, there's nothing that... Pulls me nothing. I used to play music a lot. I'm not playing much these days anymore. None, none of it 
There's, you know, there's, there's none of that corporate juice that used to be there with that Yes. Stuff. But, um, <clears throat> okay. So when we pull back and life kind of flows along and simplifies, and then it cranks up again, there's a few things that it can be. If you haven't, if, if you're in that state of being and you were like a musician for a hobby or professionally, whatever, and then, you know, life simplifies and we let go of all these things, we tend to go back to them in a different way. Did you ever go back to it? Yeah, to, I've been playing a little more recently. And all right. That's about the only thing I've been doing much. And are, did you go back to it in a different way? No. Is it still as juicy? Or could you genuinely take it or leave it? Like, which approach does music have for you now when you play it? It feels like now I'm following more what, what feels right for me to do versus you know, being more rigid about it like I would have been before. It's not that different, but you know, it's, there is a difference. Like I've stopped doing certain things that were, that were troublesome, you know, playing with certain other people and things I've stopped out of play with other people. Okay. So, Okay, there's one thing that's underlying all the examples you're giving. Oh, okay. I'd like to see you loving yourself unconditionally. All the examples you give go back to that one thing. Mm-hmm. Some kind of self-love, unconditional self-love is not in place. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out through these other seemingly random things. But that's the connecting point. Uh, that's interesting too, because you know, several years ago, I experienced that for a week. You know, it was like total love. And, you know, it needs to be there twenty-four-seven, yeah. like but it's natural. It's natural rather than it being an experience. That's where I'd like to get you. Where there's yeah. absolute love for yourself. When there's total love for yourself, you're self-assured. You, you, there's just a confidence. You're able to, to love somebody or move away from somebody. It's not an agenda because you're not threatened by things. The, the sure experience needs to be transcended. These things need to happen. But actually, they can't completely happen until self-love mm-hmm. is solid. Where you can stand in front of the mirror, cliche and all as it might sound, and say, I just love you to death. You're beautiful. I love you so much. And it sounds crappy, but I'll tell you, it's worth the world. There's something in your heart chakra that's not completely healed. Self-love is your way out. And what's happened in the last month is, is your heart throwing up whatever is going to get your attention. But really, it's about unconditional self-love. If you have to go through self-forgiveness, if you have to go through whatever you have to go through in order to arrive there, blame or guilt or regret or anything, control, anything, go through all the layers in order to find absolute unconditional self-love. Because the, energetically, like, y- you get it, but your body is tight and your heart isn't open. So your body is holding the old story but, but there's definitely a, a beingness is established from your neck up. But then your body is stuck in, in the old pattern of like, my heart chakra is closed over. There isn't self-love. You see? 
So in the return of the visceral and the experience, what you're really looking to feel is the ease of love. That's really what you're looking to feel. And loving yourself is... Outside love will never be enough. It's loving yourself. That's your way out. Because then everything down here, from the neck down, can soften and open and yield and, and just flop there like a dog falling asleep. You know, the legs are splayed out. You know, that kind of thing. Like just safety and love. Because there's love. Because there's love, it will sleep that way. Okay. It's about love. Self-love. I don't know. Yeah. That's the experience that your heart is looking for. Your system is looking for. From your neck down, is, it doesn't know love yet. It just doesn't know love. It seems to have forgotten again. It did for a while. But... Yeah, it did for a while. It just wasn't deep enough. It needs to be rock solid that there's just no question, but there's unconditional love for yourself. Unconditional love. Yeah. Sure, you're welcome. Yeah. Sure, you're welcome. It took me a while to figure that one. Okay, folks, will we break for lunch? Does that work? Yeah? Great.